Welcome to the Cary Church Podcast. For more information regarding Cary Church, visit www.cary.asn.au. Hi, my name is Fawn Kilpatrick. It is lovely to be here this morning sharing with you. and I've got my preaching sneakers on at the moment. Just a few quick things about me. I serve here on the prayer team. That's my only formal role. Uh, but I'm married to Dave, who's our Director of Ministries. And together we have four gorgeous and exasperating children. And my day job is that I work as a psychologist in one of um, our local private psychology clinics. So, I'm bringing you the second in our series on gratitude. Brian spoke a couple of weeks ago on my best self, and he's going to speak again next week about what God has done But today we're exploring gratitude in response to God's bigness and his sovereignty. Now, just between you and me, I just want you to practice something first. Subtle little thumbs up, okay? Can we all just practice that? No one else has to see it, just you and me. Okay, good. Your thumbs are working. That's a good start. If in the last week you have deliberately exercised, I don't mean, you know, you ran to the bus or something, can you just give me a little thumbs up? Not bad. If you've done that all year, every week, two thumbs up. Okay, now you guys are what I like to call exercise people. Not just people who occasionally exercise, but it's something that you do. It's just part of your life. You might be really stunned to know this, but I'm not an exercise person. However... In the last couple of weeks, I've gone to see an exercise physiologist because I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I can attend to that. But big step for me. So I turned up for my first session in heels and a skirt because I wanted to make it super clear. I'm not doing no test. Like, I'm I'm here to talk to you and I'm going to find out if you're a person I can work with. It was a little bit of an awkward moment. But we got through it, and it was a good session. So I went back for the second session, and I dressed like a normal person that time. But the opening uh, instruction was, okay, now we're going to do a baseline fitness test on the treadmill. (laughs) I said, I'm actually a bit out of breath from walking in from the car park, so I think we'll just call that the baseline. And he's a lovely guy, so he just kind of looked at me like, okay. And we, we moved on, and it's going great. So at this point, I've stepped over into being a person who exercises, but I am a million miles away from being one of you guys, an exercise person, but that's where I'm aiming. And the reason I'm sharing this is because I think there are many practices in following Jesus where we go from just doing something uh, because it's good and, you know, it's part of our our daily walk, to doing things because it's coming out of the core of our relationship with God. And that's what I want to talk about today. So let me pray for us. Father, thank you that you have placed in us the desire and the ability to be grateful people. And I ask that you would give life to my words this morning and that you would bring about an even greater release of that in our lives, corporately and alone. Amen. 
So we can be a people who practice gratitude or a grateful people. What does that mean? Not so much this. That's good. I like journaling. I like gratitude apps. I do it myself as a psychologist. I know that there's fantastic mental, physical, emotional benefits. There's some great science around that now. And I'm happy to talk about that with anyone who wants to later. But... That's not what we're talking about this morning. We're exploring something far deeper than that. We're looking at what it means to acknowledge God as the source of all good and to daily profess our thanks and praise to him. So I can list three great things that happen in my day and that is going to do me good. But more significantly, I can meditate on God's goodness and praise him. And I think the reason that gratitude is so helpful to us, um, even in the first sense, is because God has arranged us that way. He has created us to be grateful people. So it kind of makes sense, even absent from a relationship with him, that that would be a good idea. But then we can go far deeper and, uh, in a sense, trust him to bring that out of us as well. One of the things I want to bring across today is that you are actually already a grateful people. This is not something that you have to, as with exercise, really try hard to be. There is a sense of relaxing into the fact that if you know God, you are. Your inheritance is as a grateful people. God established his people as a grateful nation. All through the Old Testament, there are many instructions for feasts and rituals, sacrifices and songs of thanks. You kind of can't go too far without running into that. Obviously, it's very important. Even the name of the tribe that Jesus descended from, Judah, comes from a Hebrew word meaning to give thanks. So we read in Genesis 29, 35, speaking about Leah, Judah's mother, she conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah, or in Hebrew, Yehuda. And through Jesus, we're brought into that community of faith. The very name of our community of faith means to be thankful. In the New Testament too, there are many exhortations to give thanks to God and remember his goodness. Colossians 1.12 and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to sharing in the inheritance of his holy people. Hebrews 12:28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. Philippians 4:6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, let us be thankful. Oh, I beg your pardon. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. So back to the passage that Peter read, 1 Chronicles 16. And Peter, thank you for reading that so beautifully. This is an account of King David's instructions about how the Israelites were to act before the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark being a special wooden chest that contained the stone tablets uh, on which was written the Ten Commandments and possibly some other special sacred items. He this is speaking about David, appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to extol, thank and praise the Lord 
the God of Israel. That was their job. Not just, oh, for a minute, let's do this. Here you are. This is now your vocation. And I imagine if you throw in some trumpets and cymbals, it was pretty full on. So we see that just from the Bible, um, let alone practical experience, that gratitude is a really important part of our life as followers of Jesus. And the difference between gratitude as practice for my well-being and gratitude as practice in a Christian life is that we're focusing on how incredible God is, God as the source. And next week, Brian is going to be speaking about what God has done. The focus of my sermon is on God's bigness and his sovereignty, who he is. So just to illustrate the difference between what a person does and who they are, um, think of my husband, Dave, who does many wonderful things for me, including every single morning without fail bringing me a coffee. Even on holidays, he will disappear somewhere and come back with a great coffee before I've gotten out of bed. But there are also just fantastic things about his character that go beyond the things that he does that I love about him too. And so too it is with God. We thank him for what he's done, but who he is, we are so grateful for that, aren't we? Who he is. Verses 12 to 24 mostly express gratitude for what God has done. But the other verses in this section are the ones that really lift the roof off for me. And I'm just going to stand on a little stool. Just bear with me for a second. Failure, sorry. I thought it was worth it because I get to take my shoes off again, but more importantly, these verses, I feel like I've got to stand up to say them because they're so amazing. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. Splendour and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Worship the Lord in the splendour of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. They are some powerful words about who God is and the gratitude that flows out of us as we meditate on that. Do you allow yourself to tremble before him? To cry out in praise, to glory in his name. To glory in is to be glad in, to celebrate, to take joy in something. Just take five seconds to let the idea of glorying in his name just sink into your spirit. So beautiful and majestic 
is his name, that how could we not? Sometimes when, when we're singing on a Sunday morning, I think, how could I not respond? How could I not allow my spirit to be lifted? It, he is so beautiful and he is so glorious. How could we not? And that's the sense in which we are a grateful people. We are established in that. And you will find that sometimes, I think, particularly in worship and prayer. Just find this response coming out from in you. It's a beautiful thing. And I wonder if we can dedicate half an hour this week. Go for a quick walk at lunchtime. Maybe uh, with your morning coffee. Or... At the end of the day, glory in his name. As a grateful people, we are focused on God's bigness and his sovereignty. I wonder what's the biggest thing you've ever seen. Just take a second to tell the person next to you. The biggest thing. Now, I don't want you to be jealous... But I nearly saw Uluru. Dave and I were at an airport, I think it was Alice Springs, it must have been Alice Springs. Um, We had a few hours to kill and we thought, cool, we'll get a hire car, race out there. And we did. And we got to the pay station, cash only. So near and yet so far. I have seen other big things, really beautiful mountains and vast oceans skyscrapers, forests that stretch for miles. And big things are awe-inspiring, aren't they? What's your general reaction when you see something big? It's kind of, wow. But it's not normally, oh, thanks. That's not a usual reaction to seeing something big. God's bigness is awe-inspiring, but the curious thing about that is that our response to that is also thanks. When I see a massive wave, I actually feel quite terrified, but I I don't think thanks. I might think, wow, that's amazing. Maybe a surfer would think thanks. But if I see a giant tree, I don't, well, actually, you know what? I do sometimes think thanks because I love trees. But my first reaction would be, whoa. With God, however, it is wow and thanks. With God, we are grateful for his bigness because it reminds us that we're not worshipping just a super-duper human. We are worshipping someone who is the source of all goodness. He's outside our knowledge and yet knowable. I love this quote from worship music writer Matt Redman. Otherness gives us a sense that God is so pure, matchless and unique that no one else and nothing else even comes close. He is beyond the grasp of human reason. He is inexhaustible, immeasurable, unfathomable, eternal, immortal and invisible. The highest mountain peaks and the deepest canyon depths are just tiny echoes of his proclaimed greatness and the blazing stars above the faintest emblems of the full measure of his glory. Nature is often a really good reminder of God's bigness. And if you think about the sheer size of the cosmos, 
plus the mind-blowing detail of microscopic matter that makes up the earth. It's a pretty good indicator of God's vastness, that all of that flowed out of him. Now, I am not um, an expert in this, so you're just going to have to hope that what I read on Google was correct. But as an example, if Earth was the size of a carbon atom, the universe would be six times the size of our sun. That sounds pretty right. If you'd like to have your mind properly blown, I'd encourage you to look up Louis Giglio's video series called Indescribable. It's amazing. I can see a few nods. Amazing explanation of the smallness of our little blue planet. God is big and he is sovereign. He is Lord and King. Now, King, Lord and Sovereign are not really 21st century Aussie words. I mean, we don't really even like the idea of having a Lord or a Sovereign. So why would we be grateful for that? In a nutshell, and this is probably better unpacked over several hours and by someone other than me, but... God's sovereignty means that he is the ultimate source of power and wisdom. He holds all things together. He is above and before all things. There is nothing outside his control and authority. That's a good thing. We're grateful for that. We are grateful that we are loving and following that God. And the other element to this is that as followers of Christ, we're caught up in God's story. Since he is the one who is over all and before all, it's actually not our story. And that's not our default position because as humans, our default position is it's my story and you are all extras. And um, I like the way Brian referred to this a couple of weeks ago in his sermon, talking about the entitled self. If we're not careful, we build these small, isolated little worlds just focused on us. There's no power in that. There's no passion in that. So let us be grateful, really, really grateful, that we are brought into God's world where he is sovereign. And, you know, this is ultimately the point of our gratitude, it does us good. That's great. That's a bit of a byproduct. Being in gratitude enables us to live out our ultimate purpose of loving God wholly, enjoying Him, and ministering His love to the world. So there's a sense in which our gratitude isn't even for us. Yes, it does help us, but it's not the purpose of it. It's how we were made. We become grateful people through meditating on and professing God's utter goodness. And that changes us. It really does. That has been my experience and I'm sure that there would be many of you here who would say the same thing. As we meditate on God's goodness, we are changed. We also move from gratitude just for our daily blessings to being grateful people through embracing thanksgiving in all seasons of our life. I call this gutsy gratitude. 
And to illustrate, we can look at Psalm 22, which starts off with great pain. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? But it ends with praise. I will declare your name to my people in the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. What an amazing transformation. Have you known what it is to praise God in your pain? I bet a lot of you have. And you would know that it doesn't get rid of the pain and that's not the purpose. What it does is it orientates us towards the source of our strength and hope. It reminds us that in absolutely everything we are held and remembered and loved by God. Probably not coincidentally this week I'm struggling with some big pain and on Tuesday I thought I don't think I can preach because there's a sliding scale of how much crying a preacher can do before it becomes unhelpful and I think I was I was down that end but amazingly I am empowered to give thanks for God's love and care in the middle of it I'm not offering myself as some kind of expert in this by the way and you if you know me well you would know that because I'm a little bit of a whinger by nature. It is not my natural tendency to just go to praise. That is only God's work in me. And I'm sure many of you have experienced the reality that through times of great pain and through your gratitude, God is at work. He is at work powerfully deepening our relationship with him, strengthening us. That's not often what I have asked for. I would much prefer instantly that he would remove the pain. But gosh, I am so grateful for it. And as I look back on, on my life and the times of great pain, isn't it the case that so often that is where the deepening and the growth happens, maybe exclusively? And I'm so grateful it is okay to cry and worship at the same time. I would love to encourage us to get better at that. Something about saying the word cry that's not very wise. Uh, to get comfortable with allowing our praise in times of pain to release worship, release gratitude. As a grateful people, we are grateful in all situations, not our default position, not a natural thing. But it's who we are. It's in our DNA. And God will release that in you as you allow him to and expect it. Does anyone have a tissue? Sorry, I have come unprepared. Anyone? <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yep. Yeah, two. <laughs>
Thanks, Joe. <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice sometimes. No, you know the verse. Rejoice always. Pray most of the time. Of course not. Pray continually. Give thanks in most of your circumstances. No, give thanks in all your circumstances. That's a bit crazy. Give thanks in all circumstances. And I recognise that for me, with my pretty middle-class amount of pain, which I'm finding very painful, this is true. But horrifyingly and beautifully, this is true for everyone in the world at all times. This, this is an expectation that God has and an, an empowering that he gives people who are in horrific situations. It is a truth that is uncomfortable, but it's also beautiful that there is no situation we can be in where we cannot be grateful to him. Maybe you could ask somebody to help you with this because it's a hard thing to do at times. But just make sure if you're the person who is being the encourager to not stop the person from feeling their feelings. I will hunt you down if you do that. We're not a church where you have to be tearful all the time. It's real to have pain. It's healthy. And in that, we can be grateful. I want to finish by reminding you of some things. Gratitude is good for our soul, but we don't engage in it uh, for that reason alone. We do it because it's who we are as God's people. We are grateful. We don't just do gratitude. And we're grateful not just for God's marvellous acts, although they are marvellous, but for who he is, in particular his bigness and his sovereignty. They call out our gratitude as reminders that he is other infinite, unfathomable and magnificent and we are grateful in everything. We're grateful because it is part of our purpose as his creation and it positions us to share his love with the world. We are ministers of reconciliation. How do we live this though? How, well we trust his spirit to lead us as we develop an attitude of thanks and we allow and expect and enjoy that gratitude will sometimes just flow out of us. And at other times we are intentional about meditating on him and contemplating who he is. Both of those are valid and necessary. And we need to ask and trust the Holy Spirit to accomplish this in us. I've come across an ancient Jewish prayer which I'm using to help me begin my day with gratitude. And I want to leave this with you as the band comes on. At the beginning of every day, immediately upon waking, and the idea is that you would do this before you've even opened your eyes, before that first coffee, the very second you realise you're conscious again, and you would say the moda Annie. I thank you, living and enduring King, for you have graciously returned my soul within me. Great is your faithfulness. What a lovely way to set up our day, to cultivate an awareness of God's goodness before we do anything else. Let me pray for you.
Oh, Father, you have given us so much, and most of all, you have given us yourself. And through endless days, we will never be able to express the fullness or get to the end of our gratitude for that because you are beautiful and glorious, all-knowing, all-powerful. And Lord, I pray for these beautiful people here that as they contemplate your goodness, who you are, you would release in them a gratitude that empowers them to love and serve you. Amen.